We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Four-time NFL MVP and Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers has weighed in on the big decision that looms for John Harbaugh as the Ravens prepare for this regular season finale against Pittsburgh this Saturday. And that is to sit Lamar Jackson or to not sit Lamar Jackson, given the fact that Baltimore's already locked up the AFC North division title and, of course, secured that top overall seed in the conference, partner. Yeah, I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, presented by one of this month's small business Patreon title sponsors, Sharu Hashmi. So, episode nine of Inside the Vault with our pal Roquan Smith is now live across all platforms, and Sarah... Not only did he share part of uh, his private conversation that he had with Lamar and what's become a viral sideline exchange from Sunday's win over the Dolphins, but he also gave us a great film study breakdown of that filthy one-handed pick of Tua. It's definitely must-listen-to stuff. But plus, we've also got Raven superfan, real fan Dan, as he's commonly known in and around Baltimore. Well, he put the flock on blast after what he says was an quote, embarrassing game day atmosphere on Sunday against Miami. We've got all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All righty, so Aaron Rodgers will not be coming back this season because, let's face it, the New York Jets are out of contention, and it has been a nightmare season for the first-year QB He's not the first-year QB in the NFL, but first year with the New York Jets. What did he get in, like three or four snaps before he tore his Achilles? All Crazy. I remember, all I remember is him coming out. Uh, was it on 9-11 with the American flag and then the injury? So that was about it. <laughs> unreal. Yeah, unreal. And so now, just, what, weeks after that, next thing you know, he's rehabbing in California with J.K. Dobbins. So <laughs> right. I know he's, he's – uh, He's made a couple of cameo appearances in his Pat McAfee show stuff that he does weekly, and that was this week as well. And he was asked straight up, given what you just mentioned in the intro, it is a big decision that looms for the second time in four years for John Harbaugh. What do you do with your starters, given the fact that Week 18 is meaningless in terms of the playoff picture for you, not for Pittsburgh, but for you here in Baltimore? What do you do with your starters? 
And particularly, what do you do with Lamar? I think Stidham. You know, I think it's one of those ridiculous media talking points where you, it's a win-win. Uh, if you play him and a guy gets hurt, you're an idiot. You should have never played these guys. And then the other win is, oh, if they start a little bit slow, if they're rusty in the you know divisional round, oh, you should have played them in week 18. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. The fact is, you've gotten this far with these studs. Take care of them. Sit them down. They don't need to play if you're not playing for anything. Um, you know, if, if anything, you want to get them a little bit of work so it's not, you know, two whole weeks without playing, play the first half. We did that a couple of years ago um, in Detroit. We played the first half. Um, but there's not a lot that can that can come from playing, I don't think. I don't believe in the whole rust thing. You're going to be hosting the playoff game uh, in your stadium, rested against a team that's won a playoff game already because it's going to be some of the highest seed remaining. Uh, or lowest, and I look at basically the team with the you know, worst seeding left in the playoffs is going to come visit you. And it's a game you're going to be favored to win in your place. So I don't believe in the whole wrestling. you got to save your players uh, from themselves sometimes, and I don't think there's a whole lot to be gained by playing those guys. So unfortunately, there was nothing we could do about the audio. If, as you see, for those of you on, on YouTube, Aaron did his Tuesday hit on McAfee in a wine cellar. Could you pick a more echoey place? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was his wine cellar. I, I just, that kind of fits the bill for him. He seems like he's always somewhere different on these, yeah. these hits. So anyway, that was that. Unfortunately, that was out of our control. Your thoughts on what he had to say with, with a lot of conviction there. Well, if people um, have been following me on Twitter, I've been asked this question a lot and I've, mostly side with Aaron here. Like there's, there's no reason to subject somebody like Lamar Jackson to TJ Watt barreling down. Uh, like it just, it, it feels like a lose, lose scenario. Like he said, um, I, but that being said, I do leave room. He says, I don't believe in rust. Okay. I really do think that's mostly a mindset, and I think there's there's things the team can do to prevent against rust. But I don't completely push it off as if it's nothing, and maybe it's because of 2019. And it's not that I'm scared of 2019. I I mostly side with that. Um, but I, I actually have a clip from Kyle Shanahan because remember the 49ers are going through the th the same thing right now. Kyle Han Shanahan has to make the same decisions. They already have the number one seed locked up. And so he doesn't he doesn't go as strong as, as Aaron Rodgers would say that much. Before I play it, what did you think of Aaron? Well, based on what John has said in the past, because he's been asked this so much, and I'm not just talking about recently, as recently as Sunday night in his post-game live stream as we covered, he said that no personnel decisions have been made. He, he echoed that as well, or reiterated mm -hmm. that, I should say, on Monday's press conference like we also shared. Mm -hmm. But that Lamar would want to play. And then it's a conversation that the two of them have to have. Now, ultimately, ultimately, it's the head coach's decision. Right. But I have, I think I've mentioned it before that John has left, in my opinion, John has left some, some wiggle room in terms of what his decision might be. What I mean by that is I think that there is a chance he plays Lamar for a quarter to a half on mm -hmm. Sunday. And, and I'm saying this based on hints that I feel as if he's left along this trail since 2019 when he's asked about this scenario, when, when he has been asked about this scenario coming to fruition, which it now has. Mm -hmm. And he's always said things like, 
we'll get there when we get there. I, I'd be lying if I didn't think twice, you know, th- those types of things, leaving mm-hmm. it up for interpretation. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised whatsoever if you see Lamar out there for a small sample size, snoop the rest of, and snoop for an entire half in the second half on Sunday. But I, I would not be surprised if we see a little bit of Lamar on, on this weekend. I'm sorry, yeah, sa- I, sa- Saturday. Uh, I don't know if I said Sunday, but Saturday is the game, just so everybody knows. Right, right. So, um, and that's that's really going to be the testament. When we see what Kyle Shanahan does and what John Harbaugh does, they're going to be, as Steve Young said, voting with their feet on whether Rust is real. Because if there's anybody who can really say if Rust played into 2019, like, they clearly didn't play their best football that day. How much was Rust a factor? Really, only the Ravens can answer that. Because they know. They're the ones that were there. So let me cut over to Kyle Shanahan. Um, He feels, it sure seems like he thinks Rust is real. This is just him this week. The risk of rustiness when when guys don't play for two weeks in a row, essentially, going into the playoffs. Uh, I think it can be tough, but it's also... It's it's not just playing. It's how much you practice and everything too. And you know, you, it's, so you, you got to make sure that you prepare for games um, by practicing. And we got a game this week on Sunday, and that's what you got. You know, when you give guys a, the game off, um, practice changes too, and that can end up hurting guys a lot. And you end up just developing bad habits. And um, you know, I've seen it cost a lot of teams. So, and it's also it does give guys some guys a chance to get healthy. Um, but when you do that and you sit people, then, you know, you want to sit, you know, some of the names you guys mentioned, but then other people got to double up and do a lot more because you only get two guys off a practice squad also. Um, if you want to get more than a guy off, more than two off practice squad, we got to cut people on our roster, and then we don't get those guys um, just to get those guys up. So um, it always can end up hurting, you know, you rest players, and that sometimes gets more players injured. Um, so that's all that stuff you got to balance out, and uh, that's why it's, uh, not a there's not a clear cut decision on anything. You got to look in each in, individual in each situation and play it out as the week goes. So, Bobby, what I'm basically getting from all of this is each coach and player has to be able to balance being ready, not being caught flat-footed for the playoffs without exposing key players to injury. And so, what's the perfect way of doing that? I don't know that any team has perfectly found that. Because to Aaron's point, from a public perception, think back to Bradley Chubb just in this Miami game. Garbage time. And then he just, you know, he's done. I think he ended up tearing it. Yeah, I think think it was a full tear. Right. And so it's like, they're never going to hear the end of that, right? They're like, years down the line from now, Miami's going to remember that. We still remember John Harbaugh played J.K. Dobbins for one series he we saw him on the sideline after jk dobbins got hurting at the commanders and john's like on the bench and he's talking to mark and he's talking to lamar and he's like i just wanted one drive that's it i just wanted to put you guys together for one drive you know and like lamar and andrews had to console john so the last thing you want is that so but i thought what kyle said was very interesting it's not just playing it's practice so to me I think that they need to pre- – I, I, you can't just give all the snaps to Huntley this week, right, even though he may be the guy that's playing the most. you got to have Lamar in there. you got to have these guys taking snaps, keeping them in, in their routine. There's no sport that is more routine-based than I've ever seen than, than yeah. football, right? It's routine-based. So 
practice is huge. And then I will be interested because will they, what if it is just one series? Like there's a part that's like, is the risk worth doing one series just to keep these guys in a routine, keep them going, keep them um, motivated. But here's the other thing. Here's another thing, Bobby, that I think can keep them on their toes. Even if Harbaugh rests, say Lamar for the whole game. You need to find that like Mike Florio thing again, right? That just kicks you off. It's not yeah. like they needed it, but yeah. Does it give a little extra drive? Yes. That's why Michael Jordan would look for ways to be offended. It's something that the greats do. Here's where the, here's where the chip on the shoulder is going to come from. Here's where the gas is going to come from. It's from people. And I'm already seeing people doing it. It's Lamar can't win in the playoffs. Lamar can't win. Can't win. in the. In, so practice. Maybe give a series and dig into what people are saying that you can't win in the playoffs. Don't forget that they've been saying that for years. And I think with that, that might strike the balance of being able to have them ready for the playoffs, but not exposing them and key players to injury. I liked what our guy, Dev Panchwa from Ravens Twitter, does some freelance writing for Russell Street Report, had to say. I think he was watching... Michael Irvin's take on this whole thing, you know, rest versus rust debate. Uh, and, and Irvin said that Jimmy Johnson used to prepare as if the starters were playing, but would pull players in some cases right after pregame warmups. The main sure. thing is he wanted them to have a good week of practice. And that's what Denton. So when, when you pulled up the, the Shanahan thing, I was like, okay, that kind of speaks to the routine, the routine thing that you were getting at. Yeah. And you wonder if, if guys could do that, will they get enough out of that yeah. to keep it flowing right up until game time? I and mean, we, we've seen what Odell Beckham Jr.'s routine is, for example, pre-game. Pre yeah. yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. It brings people into the stadium early. Yeah, so, like get in early to watch OBJ warm up. Humans are creatures of habit, certainly football players, and then some creatures yeah. of habit. How about this? Uh, this is drawing a bunch of reaction from around the NFL, specifically Pittsburgh fans, because Brad Allen, who officiated that game over the weekend between the Lions and Cowboys. We know how that ended, for those of you who watched some football this past weekend. That was a primetime game. Brad Allen and his crew are going to get another primetime game, sort of, in the 425 slot on Saturday. Again, that is Saturday. Brad Allen and his crew assigned to Steelers-Ravens, Sarah, and everybody's got some opinions on this one. Uh, yeah, my initial reaction was just that, you know, I'm glad the Ravens already have the number one seed locked up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with this crew. Um, it, that was just cr crazy last week. I mean, still feel like the Cowboys after that should have gone ahead and kicked the extra point, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and so did you say Steelers fans are upset? Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. I can see why, because for them, this is not a meaningless game. There's they're, they're still, uh, there's still some, playoff scenarios where they could make it in. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know they, it wouldn't surprise me if they're not happy with this crew being assigned to the Raven or to this I'm, game. I'm just scrolling as we speak here. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just, just, just some people that obviously saw what unfolded over the weekend. And I think a lot of people, Rex Ryan included, who spoke out very, very loudly feel as if he and his crew should be disciplined. Mm -hmm. So I know that's sort of a, there, there does have to be some sort of, I mean, you've got a fine system for coaches and players, and I don't know what that is. I mean, because like if a player of a coach messes up on the job, it's not like they 
get fined. It's certain things that they're warned about that they would get fined for. I just, I don't know what the consequences are, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's a million ideas out there. Right. We're all human, Mm -hmm. but these, these NFL players are also human and they get fined on a weekly basis Mm -hmm. for play. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, look, that Taylor Decker, a thousand percent reported, like there's video evidence of him reporting to, to Brad Allen. And I can't imagine how frustrated Dan Campbell must be given everything that's on the line for Detroit. Luckily they're you know, they're still in the playoff picture. That's that's ne- that was never in question. But seating is impacted seating. and yeah, yeah, seating is and division, you know, there's there's so much on the line this time of year and and for that for it to come down to that and he went out of his way to approach the crew pregame to talk right. about it. <laughs> right. Oh, he his postgame press conference deservingly so. He was running hot. Yeah, but he was trying to contain it because he didn't want to get. I'll just say, just to yeah. make it balanced, Cowboys fans would argue they shouldn't have gotten cute by having a few linemen go up there. But uh doesn't matter. I still think the, the ref has to get that number right. Yep. Our girl, Brooke Pryor, who covers the Steelers for ESPN, perhaps we'll have her back here inside the vault this week to preview this game. She was on it first here. Kenny Pickett, Steelers QB, was a full participant in practice What's today? We're taping this on Tuesday for the first time since undergoing tightrope surgery on December 4th. So that's just something to look out for. But as we covered in our post-game live stream, it is going to be Mason Rudolph who's starting mm-hmm. a quarterback week 18 against the Ravens. Who will be starting opposite him at QB1 in Baltimore? We'll see. But we're expecting a heavy dose of Tyler Huntley, you would think. And while it was just a – it wasn't even a walkthrough, right? They didn't even practice. Uh, this was an estimation, correct? Yes, thank you. So there was no practice, no walkthrough, nothing, but the Ravens wanted to provide us out of the generous and kindness of their own hearts. Yeah. Or, out what the requirement, or out of the requirement <laughs> from the league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what would have been on Tuesday had they met up for practice, Zay Flowers, Malik Harrison, and Marlon Humphrey were all DNPs. Marlon had a calf. Malik had a groin. Zay had a calf. That was what plagued him the week prior leading into the Dolphins game. Didn't look like it plagued him at all during the game, as we all saw. Arthur Mollett popped up on this with uh, as limited with a hip. Uh, Delshawn Phillips and Patrick Queen both had shoulders and would have been limited. Brandon Stevens had an ankle. Kyle Van Noy had a calf. He's new to this list as limited. Daryl Worley with a shoulder and ankle designation, DNP. And then Kevin Zeitler, who missed just the third game of his Ravens tenure on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he was limited with that same knee slash quad designation, Sarah. Anything pop yeah, out at well, you? I, I mean, it's hard to... It, it, I, I guess it's kind of like, which of these guys are going to be the inactives, right, for Sunday? But to me, it's kind of like when John Harbaugh was asked, like, do you have any idea if any of these injuries will affect, um, affect the playoff game? And he's like, it's way too early to tell. So... Yep. Yep. I'm just not too overly concerned about injuries because you know that it doesn't matter who you rest. Like it just the the game. Uh, the Ravens want to win the game. Don't get me wrong, and and it would be nice to help spoil. It's always fun to beat the Steelers, but obviously in terms of what their goals are this year, it, it really doesn't matter. So I don't know that I need to dig too deep into it. It's just like let's revisit this a couple weeks down the line. We're going to have some fun with this goofy Dolphins reporter that all of you have been tweeting about and, and tagging us in in just a second. But before we do, 
Shout out to two of our returning patrons, Jimmy Rice and Richard Harris. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there this month through Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. That link is included in the show notes below. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, Richard. Happy New Year. Joe Shad, at Shad Joe. It'd be a real shame if you guys tweeted at him right now. <laughs> this is crazy. So All this right. is Palm. He, he works for the Palm Beach Post. Just Come to, on, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, what, a, what a reputation he's giving that post for those of us who yeah. don't know anything about it, <laughs> right? So Joe, in the aftermath of, of the debacle, not even, like it was just blowout city. Ravens take care of business, obviously. He writes this. New from Baltimore, John Harbaugh allows – this is actually kind of funny – ruthless, <laughs> unnecessary, distasteful touchdown pass at the end of a 56-19 to win. And then he goes on to talk about what he's going to be mentioned – what's going to be mentioned in his piece. How do the Dolphins feel about Harbaugh's full-throttle approach? Bradley Chubb had just been carted off with a, apparently a serious knee injury. And there was two minutes and 33 seconds left, and the score was 49 to 19. Sarah, wah, wah, wah. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Crying. Like, I don't like to use this word often. I don't like to be degrading. So I'll just say that the tweet, the tweet is a clown show. The tweet <laughs> is full on clown show. First of all, Bobby, uh, we are talking about professional football. We are not talking about peewee football. We are not talking even like high school football. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? What ruthless, unnecessary, distasteful? Listen, Joe, okay? You got Snoop Huntley in there who could start this week, right? Is probably going to be a free agent, is going to be looking for work. Maybe he'll return to the Ravens, but I'm sure he wants to hit free agency. Really the first time he's been free. Why doesn't he get to throw the ball? Why? Why can't he? Of course he can. It's not about you, Joe. It's not about the Dolphins. And it, it, ugh, it just... And then I know you're going to say this part, but it's not like the Dolphins didn't run up a score earlier this season, Bobby. This is one of the most embarrassing tweets in football from a media member that I've ever read in my life. I hated that I had to actually had to read it out loud. They hung a 70 spot on the Denver Broncos in week three. Right. And if Joe had done his homework and watched our show, he would have realized that perhaps there may have been some receipts kept from a couple years ago when Vic Fangio, the now defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, yes. had a whole lot to say about the operation that John's running here in Baltimore. Yes. Okay. It's as simple as that. You play to win the game. You play till the clock strikes zero. This is elementary stuff right there. He got what he wanted, a ton of engagement, and that's why I didn't do anything with it besides what we're doing right now. Uh, yeah. It just, Goofy. I, I, I just don't understand why that's a thing in professional football. Like, stop him. Stop him. If you don't want him to score 56 points, stop him. Period. Gosh, is that stuff goofy? <laughs> that is really goofy. All right. Episode 9 of Inside the Vault with our guy Roquan Smith is now available across all platforms. And spoiler alert, it's another one that you're going to want to watch. It's off to a tear. We're loving it. We love him. We love the, um, the opportunity to work with him. We have one more episode, as we mentioned in our intro to this, this one. 
we we do have a a request of from Roquan that we're honoring. He is locked in. It is zero dark thirty activation, as LeBron says before the postseason. Like Roquan has asked us to finish up our commitment with him. Our tenth episode will be after the Steelers game, and then he enters into postseason mode. We respect that. We honor that. We can't wait to watch it all unfold. We do have a couple clips though in the meantime of episode nine that we enjoyed, and I think. What I really appreciated, actually, and this is um, two minutes long, actually, so I didn't have a chance to pull this thing up. Which, which, what other one should we put up? Which one's of, two minutes? It, it wouldn't let me um, on the on the right hand side. Why don't we do the moment we figured out that who he's was screaming yes, "War Daddy" as John Harbaugh <laughs> is addressing his team and smearing that blood from the cut on his hand onto his forehead. This is pretty good. Put it on the forehead right there. Yeah. That's who it is. That's you, man. <laughs> I think Hearts is like 62. He got down pretty low. What's this war daddy stuff? Where did that come from? Oh, did you hear me in the background? Was that you? <laughs> that was you? <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> I didn't know that was you. I was like, who said that? Yeah, no, that was me. Uh I like I picked up on that. It's been years ago. It was just like a mindset, honestly. Like I actually posted it on Instagram a little while ago as well. Like just a mindset of being like, you know, you at war and then you're just like being being a like a daddy in a sense, like you're a war daddy, like you you run stuff, you know. So things things go the way you you want things to go in a sense. So and it's just like a mindset that I have to where it's like, hey, I'm at war and I'm gonna be the daddy of this war in a sense, you know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> What's funny is I had no clue it was him. I didn't either. So I'm glad I didn't say anything like disrespectful of it or anything like that because I did think it was like funny. Where did Ward it? But once you hear his explanation, it's like, oh, okay. And we should have known it was him. <laughs> we should have known it was him. Of course it was him. Lamar's not yelling that out. 
No, no. Here's some film study, though. From BaltimoreRavens.com pointed out on Twitter that on Miami's first drive, uh, Tua squeezed a pass into Tyreek past you. And then in the second quarter, they ran the same route and the same concept, and you read it all the way. So take us through what you saw that first time and then obviously the way that you adjusted the second time you saw it. Yeah, absolutely. So I knew all, all week long with Tua, like it was kind of crazy because, uh, you know, you were here, okay, this dude's going to throw the ball in these tight windows. So like when I first seen it, I was like, I couldn't believe he, I couldn't believe he was actually throwing it the way he was throwing it. And I'm like, and it was, it was an amazing zip on the ball. And I seen it the first time. Then I got to this, I got to the sideline. I told Marlo, I said, Marlo, I let you down, bro. That's my fault. That's not your fault on that pass. I should have got to that hook and I should have been there to break, break that up worst case and then he was like no don't worry about it bro but i said if i see it again now i'm gonna be there and then later in the game uh when i seen that back uh fast fast release out there i said okay he's probably gonna uh end up throwing this in breaking route uh by number one because they they had they have been doing that a lot so i just kept running i just said all right i see it i see it and he never saw me from the back side and i just said hey i'm gonna sit i wish i could have got in the end zone too though man it was, that would have been sweet i tried to go for what i knew but uh you tried work out <laughs> you sure you can just tell right sorry he was so determined he wants it he <laughs> look wants at him. it look, look at him right there <laughs> wait was there a skirmish like after that though on the sideline did something happen after the whistle uh, well, I just think a couple of the Miami guys were still over there. I guess I don't know how they was feeling about it, but I couldn't really see because all my, my brother was all around me. So, you know, <laughs> tapping me across my helmet and everything like that and just hitting me on the shoulder pads. And then Z.O., the linebacker coach, uh, how loud he was and how intense he was uh, after that play. It was just like, man, it was it was pretty sweet. And I enjoyed that feeling for sure. Look at your face when Zach Orr is brought up. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, he, I feel like I'm unconscious while we're doing these. Like, I just don't get – I just forget where I'm at and what's going on. But, like, when he was talking about uh, – I can't remember, but I just watched my facial expressions. I'm like, I'm such a goofball. <laughs> yeah. But when he's talking about War Daddy, I'm like, yeah, let's get it, War Daddy. And then when he talked about Zach, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. So, well, just in case funny. anybody was wondering out there, interviewing Roquan Smith is an – and adrenaline filling experience. Yeah. You don't know what's going to come at you any don't know given time. Out of his mouth at all. And you're, we're playing off one another. So I love watching your facial expressions. That was hilarious. And it kind of looked like Zach Orr did in a sense after he was the yeah. Roquan once he picked that off. So really cool film study there. It's um, over a 20 minute conversation with Roquan, episode nine. We've got one more coming up next week. And then hopefully, hopefully we'll talk to him at some point in the postseason should they make a long enough run. All right. What do you got before we get wait, to... Wait, wait, wait. Can we yes. just play the one clip? I know we've done a lot of Roquan. Yeah, yeah. But it warmed my heart. The one oh, that yeah. warmed my heart. Let's just yeah. play it real quick. Yeah. This is him talking uh, about Chicago letting him go. Because of the Kyle Van Noy tweet because, after yes, the 49ers the game Kyle Van Noy where he tweet, just yes. blasted the Chicago Bears organization. And then he twisted into this like showing us love type of answer. And it was... It was just a cool moment. So here he is. You know, we all have to make decisions and choices in life. And, you know, that was a choice that uh, the Bears made. And, you know, that was a choice that the Ravens made and getting me. So I'm grateful to be here uh, in Baltimore and, you know, 
chance at competing for for the big one and just knowing how talented this team and and also just around so many amazing people as well as you guys probably would have never got to meet you guys as well like if I wasn't here <laughs> in a sense so it's just a, it's just a pretty sweet uh story for me and you know life is all about life is a book and you know everyone has their story that they're writing and uh you know that was just a chapter for me and now this is like a new chapter in my life and in my book so that's how i look at it and i'm just grateful to be surrounded by such amazing people and amazing players so all right i cut it a little bit short just because it got to the point that i wanted just like i love that he said he's like i got to meet you guys i'm like really of all the things you said that you could be happy about being in baltimore like being you know, in the mix for a Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I already loved him, and now I just love him more. I can't wait to read that book. Yeah, it's going to be a great book. It's going to be book. a great book. All right, so, Bobby, I know you already talked about this on your personal channel. Uh, you you saw this on Facebook from uh, Real Fan Dan. Are we going to read this whole thing? Sure. I can just whip through okay, it real you quick. It. You do it. Obviously, Dan is, is a Ravens super fan been around for a long time in this town and he is the cheer guy you, you all know the cheer guy yeah whips off his shirt there he is right there on the left hand side guy brings the energy so i've in in my estimation sometimes that earns you the right to say things like this <laughs> he kind of lit up the fan base here he said it saddens me to say it i'm seriously upset with you all ravens fans the fans were nowhere near loud enough on defense. Usually in a game like that, there are at least a few plays on defense where you can't hear the fan next to you. It's so loud. No such thing at yesterday's Miami game. I held up a sign that says, now scream on defense, but a lot of closed mouth fans did not respond, even right after a cheer following a touchdown on third down, even on fourth down. I even begged them. After the third touchdown, I held up the sign and then flipped up my shirt and said, if you do this on the next third down, I'll do this now. More than 100 fans yelled or nodded yes. But after I got naked, or at least with his shirt off, on the very next defensive series, they were simply quiet and most definitely uninspired. I looked up and saw tons of, of shut mouths. Hats off to roughly a third of the fans who actually screamed their butts off in support of our team. The rest did not live up to the bargain. The smaller crowd at the Rams game was much louder. I was embarrassed for them yesterday. Please get better. Unleash those awesomely powerful Baltimore voices and bring it for the playoffs, Sarah. So I don't know. The first things that stood out to me were he never takes a stance like this. So you have to take that into account. At least I I shouldn't say that because I don't follow him on Facebook every single day. But you would think that I would see things like this that would pop up if he did take these type of stances often. We also know that it was a blowout at points. And mm. because of the ticket prices you wonder if the clientele were was different than a a normal you know a usual gosh i think the the upper upper level were going for multiple hundred dollars so you don't know i don't know if that played a role into this or whatever but certainly the mvp chants were bursting through the cbs telecast i know we talked about that during the post-game live stream but did you feel any type of specific way well just i uh, thought because i did see people tweet about maybe the tickets are too much and i would think that'd be more of a case if it wasn't like so unbelievably loud against in that Cincinnati game. Like the the crowd had such an effect. Everybody was talking about how loud it was. And that was just a few weeks ago. So I don't know, like the ticket prices didn't change from there. So I'm not sure it's because it's a different crowd. You know what I mean? Now, maybe if you compared that crowd to Cincinnati to maybe a crowd 
back in the Ray Lewis days, maybe, maybe you could talk about it then, but just within this year. And he even said in the Rams game, it was a small, you know what I mean? So, so I don't know if it's the ticket price thing, although, I mean, again, maybe that's true if you compare it back even further, but all I can say, if I were there and this game is like, you're up by 20 and then you're up by 30 and then you're up by 30, you know what I mean? Like I could see myself not getting as loud. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like when the game is like close and on the line, I'm just naturally louder in those moments. So, um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't there. I saw some people on Twitter saying, well, it was loud. I felt like it was loud. And then there were some people who were like, yeah, he's right. So, uh, so if he is right, I just know if I were there and we're up by like 20 some odd points, I just don't know that I'm giving it as much. And maybe that's not what they want there, but that's probably how I would be. Technically, we can't even speak to this. We weren't there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Neither like, of us were there. I'm in Columbus. <laughs> like I was, I was out there pregame, but I wasn't inside the stadium. And then mm-hmm. I raced across town, as everybody knows, to get back for for our in-game process that we do in our Google. But box, I'll say so. this: I don't hate. I don't hate somebody who like because he is a well-known fan, right? They put him up on the boards. I don't mind. It's kind of like what what Roquan said to Lamar. We didn't play that clip because we led with it, and I know most people heard it, but. Roquan said to Lamar after that game uh, against Miami, he said, hey, I know we're going to hold each other accountable. I don't mind Dan going out there and trying to hold people accountable. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, let's bring it up a couple notches. I don't mind that, you know? So it's fine with me. I think this is a premeditated plan to get everybody ticked off on Steelers yeah. week that's that's supposedly meaningless because it is in, the, in terms of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right. But I think he's trying to tick everybody off, have them running hot, yeah. And just spoil any chances that that oh, Pittsburgh still has on the I table would love mathematically. For Tyler Huntley <laughs> and company to just like still beat the Steelers when it meant everything to them and it meant nothing. Are you kidding me? I would live for that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hard to believe that RG3 was under center almost four years ago to the day in a very similar game for yeah. the Ravens on a rain-soaked day at the bank. What do you got before we get to quick hits? All right, yes, yeah, so let's we'll, we'll I just felt like yesterday we we led with MVP and you know, my thoughts We're on drowning people in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my thoughts on Richard Sherman. So we won't spend a lot of time on it, but I did feel like Joy Taylor on Speak for Yourself just articulated perfectly what I feel like I've been trying to say, and so I just wanted to play that. You compare numbers year to year, then it's just a statistical award. And we don't really need to get into who's winning or what. It's just, let's go, let's just give it to the whatever player has the best statistics. But that's not what it is. It's not the best statistical player. It's the MVP. And this year has been a very interesting year in the NFL. It's been a lot about defenses this year. It's the year of the backup quarterback. Players that usually play at a super high level, put up crazy numbers, aren't putting up those numbers this year for for multiple reasons. The the MVPs last year, the winner of the MVP and the runner-up, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, not putting up numbers at all. Mm -hmm. So it is a very unique year. What I think the Shady said is is really the point, though. We had questions about if Brock Purdy is an MVP-level quarterback. He is a good quarterback, maybe even great. But he's not even the best player on his team. And Lamar Jackson went head-to-head with him. And you saw the difference. We saw the difference. And like Shady said, he was the best player on the field, on a field with dogs everywhere, superstars oh. everywhere. And he, he was the light. Big and he did that again this week. So it's not so much about statistics. Are you the reason 
that your team is winning. We know that. No one's arguing that. The defense is incredible, and we see Lamar Jackson be next-level great. So we don't really need to argue about the statistics. We're all watching the same thing. We're all experiencing greatness, and you can feel that, and that's really, to me, what an MVP is. You see and feel and understand the greatness. He doesn't have to play next week because all season long, he's put his team in a position to be at the top of the league. They're the best team. They're the great team this year, and they've done that throughout the regular season. I think the only player that's even close to the conversation right now is Josh Allen, and Josh has an opportunity to put a great performance on the field next week, but he has to. Lamar Jackson doesn't have to play because he's been so good good all season long. That is really what the difference is to me. Yes, the statistics might not match year to year, but this is a unique year and we've seen Lamar be great against the other teams that we thought were great in the league and dominate them. So Bobby, I just think what was wonderful about that, and again, I do not say that stats don't matter, but she's 1000% right. If this was, if, if we wouldn't even be having conversations, there wouldn't even be a conversation on speak for yourself. There wouldn't even be a conversation with Richard Sherman and undisputed. We wouldn't even be arguing it if it was purely a statistical award. Cause then all you do is look up the stats and you say, okay, here's who has the best stats. They win. So obviously it can't be that. So I just thought she said it perfectly. You experience greatness. And I think that's why, I mean, listen, we say this all the time. Like, it's not like I've watched Purdy all year. Cause we're so focused on the Ravens. It's not like I've watched Tyreek all year. And so it's easy to lean into stats because it's such a crutch. I haven't been able to watch you, so let me look at your stats. But the 50 voters, I they have to watch. They have to know. They have to go beyond just the stats. And then yesterday when I was trying to make the case that she just said, uh, where she, he was like, Lamar was the biggest star on a, fil- on a field that was full of stars. And so yesterday I was making that, that point that if, if nobody has a runaway case with statistics – which if, you, if anybody did, it'd be Josh Allen, but he lost so many games due to his interceptions early in the year, um, that that was disqualifying him from, from early on. Um, if, if, you, if nobody's running away among the, the leading candidates in terms of stats, then what do you do? You look at it head to head. And, and I, said, I said, Lamar, when he faced four MVP candidates, didn't just edge them out, he demolished them. And it wasn't until we like finished that episode, I was like, yeah, I wonder what the stats, I do wonder what the stats say just in these two games. So he's one guy versus four MV candidates over the last two weeks. So Lamar in those two games put up 653 total yards, seven touchdowns and zero turnovers. All four of those candidates in those two games barely beat him in yards, 715 to 653. But then Lamar kills them in touchdown, 7-10, to 10, and then they had six turnovers to Lamar, zero. Now, again, stats aren't everything, but if you watch those games too, you experienced that he was 10 times better than them and was the brightest star of all the stars on the field, and thus the MVP. Speaking of experience, what a 48, 72 hours it's been for the Harbaugh family. Talk about American football royalty. Are you kidding me? We're going to hear from... Jim and John's parents in just a bit after Michigan beat Alabama on Monday, which was an incredible finish. But John, on Sunday, of course, Ravens clinched the number one seed in the AFC, and they do so dominantly. Then, a day later, Jim, Michigan advances to the college football playoff national championship, taking down Alabama, who is Marlon Humphreys, of course, team. And yeah, Marlon 
sarcastically <laughs> tweeting, I am a fan of only one Harbaugh, and he was not pleased when Alabama had a one-and-done exit in the college football playoffs there. I think they would have put up – they definitely would have put up uh, – well, they, they did put up a better fight than I think Florida State would have. All things considered, but yeah, and it's funny. The last time the two Harbaugh brothers were on a road to a championship, only one could win. This time, both now, <laughs> now they both can potentially win a championship this year. That would be great for the family, and including their proud parents, Jack and Jackie, who caught up with a Detroit-based reporter after Jim's win uh, on Monday night. Your son talks about the two of you all the time. He's talked about this moment coming for this program for a long time. How do you put into words your emotions right now? Are you kidding me? They won! What's better than that? We have a thing in our family that we'll use for a long time. And it goes like this. Who's better, better than us? Nobody! I know you get tense during these games. Were you on the edge of your seat throughout this one? Well, of course. We were yelling and screaming. That's what the we're supposed to The play in the game was right before the long drive, Jackie decided that we should switch seats. Oh, my goodness. And I moved to her seat. She moved to mine. And this is the result that we get. All right. So you'll have to do that in the national championship yeah. at a certain time, maybe a little earlier yeah, in that game. game. Yeah, for everybody's happy to. Oh, thank you goodness. so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. I like can you imagine how big and like the the amount of pride that is just busting out of their heart I mean you can feel it right there Bobby it takes me back I interviewed both of them they wanted to be one-on-one though because Jackie always felt like Jack would interrupt her and this and that so I'd had I had to interview them separately and we watched Super Bowl highlights together and I kind of got there and and their their reactions to it that's that that podcast was man of the crowd if you want to go check that out. i know it's still up on on apple apple and everywhere you get your podcast but um there it's almost as if the way those two are with so much energy it's like john and jim had no choice but to be like relentless enthusiastic <laughs> men that they are i'm like i'm looking at john i'm like dude you are 62 and this does not get old for you. And why would it when his parents, it clearly doesn't get old for them. By the way, I, I've meant to correct you a couple times just so that we're being, well, the, not like that, not in this episode, okay. but you said it a couple times, just so that we're not slighting him, making him older than he really is. He's 61. Whatever, dude. Harbs is 61. Just, hey, you know, he'd want that extra year. You better believe that. You want to know why I know that? Bah! He turned You're... 62 in September. Okay, we got a ways away. For the audio-only people, she just had to go course correct. You <laughs> just had to fact check me, didn't you? Amazing. I know that because Francis, my dear father, he and Harbs, oh, same, same age. Same age. Okay. Same age. When's Francis's birthday? October like October. 8th. See, I knew that. Oh, you're all over that. See? October 8th. Yep. Shout out, Francis. Shout out these boys, the South Florida boy. Uh, I guess the Ravens are calling them brothers. How about that? Lamar and Snoop, the first pair of quarterbacks to have a perfect passer rating of 158.3 in the same game since 1940. Now, Snoop only threw one pass, but hey, it's history and it's cool for the South Florida boys. And it's probably even more meaningful because there is a decent chance that Snoop is not on this roster after next year. After this, I'm sorry, after this year. 
We'll see. I don't want to count him out yet, but yes, he's a he's a free it's agent. More expensive. It gets yeah. more expensive, and there, and, and from a cap standpoint, as we've already well, we'll cover that in March. Whatever yeah. Lamar's going to make it tough um, moving forward here with that contract, but that's just the reality of it. How about KVN? Eight sacks this season, a career high for the guy who's on the other side of thirty. Multi Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. He didn't join this team till week four, and he and Jadavian Clowney are having career years. And then you gave some love to Ben Cleveland, deservingly so. Yeah, I wanted to give him some love. I know that he got some help from from Leonard Baum sliding over and whatnot, but he really had an excellent game. PFF uh, tweeted that he had he was in on twenty six pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed. So pretty darn good, even if Leonard Baum is helping him there. John Harbaugh uh, talked about it, and he said, "Quote: Probably another one of the great stories of the game. He played very well." One of the things he didn't have a chance sometimes to do earlier in his career was stack practices because he had little nicks and bruises and things like that that kept him out of practice. He stacked a whole season's worth of practices, and to me, it showed up in the game. Run blocking, pass blocking, all of it, he had an excellent game. So, yeah, now at this point, he just needs to stack not just practices but games if if Zeitler doesn't go this week and just so show that he can be a consistent guy because that's always been the thing that's held him back. But great game for him. An important two-week span for sure for a guy in Kevin Zeitler who's got a lot of NFL miles on his tires. So we'll see if that's just what the doctor ordered so that he can be ready for the divisional round game. But clearly Ben showed that that he is capable of being a viable uh, backup if need be. So with that, episode nine again of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith is now available, presented by our friends at Cybertech. Go check that out if you haven't already done so. Somehow on a day that we didn't feel like we had a lot of content, we go well over 40 minutes. That's just classic us. So this is your Wednesday morning vault. We've got plenty more coming up this week, including a game preview of Raven Steelers. Go ahead and like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already done so. Like this specific video if you enjoyed this specific piece of content. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Wednesday morning vault. We'll catch up with you later this week.